creatures of our God and King. Lift up your voice and with us sing. Oh,
Father, it is with hearts overflowing in gratitude that we sing Alleluia. Thank you for Christ, for all that his coming, dying, rising, 
all the promises he has made to us, what they mean for us as we gather for worship today. We pray, Father, that our hearts would be open to you in all that we do this morning, and we ask this through Christ. Amen. Take a moment to share a word of greeting with others here in worship this morning. We do want to uh, welcome all of you here this morning. If you're a guest today, we are especially glad to have you here and uh, pray that for all of us, this is a, an hour together of really sensing the Lord's Spirit at work in our lives. There are some things happening in the life of our church that I want to uh, bring to your attention. Uh, today and this morning, we are uh, going through our annual process of electing our leaders and approving our budget. And uh, so if you are a, a member of the church, either uh, after this service or after Sunday school. Uh, take a moment, stop in one of the two foyers, either the lower foyer here or the foyer of the Christian Education Building, and uh, have ballots there and people to help you with that. We appreciate that. Tonight at 5 o'clock, we'll be gathering for our annual vision meeting. Uh, this is a chance for us to have a little time of fellowship, and if you can bring a dessert to pass, that would be great. But it doesn't matter if you're a member, if you are uh, been attending here a long time or just recently started coming here, this is a meeting for all of us, and we're going to spend time uh, hearing a little bit about some things that God has done in our church over this last year, but also spending some time thinking about the future. And we'll be dividing up into smaller groups just to think about some things related to uh, how we can more effectively uh, minister for Christ uh, in our setting. So we hope you'll join us tonight at 5. Child care is available and so if that, uh, hopefully that will help you as uh, you make the decision to come tonight. We'd just love to have everybody there. We'll be meeting in the community room. Uh, also, notice that uh, we're still looking for a few items to help out as we uh, host the Global Partners children uh, during their gathering here on campus uh, in a week or so. And uh, there's a list of things that would be helpful uh, for us as well as for just the general sense of their time together. And if you can help out with that, just contact the church office. As some of you know, uh, we, we have, uh, this is uh, one of the last Sundays that uh, Kevin Austin will be working with us as part of our church staff. Kevin and Cindy, uh, sort of a homecoming for them to come back to Houghton, having been students here, many connections here. And uh, Kevin's been working with us the past four years, and it's been a great experience. Their next step is sort of another homecoming as they go to the Czech Republic, and we're going to be hearing from them Kevin and Cindy a little bit later, but we don't want to pass up the opportunity uh, to thank Kevin for his work for us, and I know many of you have interacted with him as he's worked with college ministries, discipleship, missions, and uh, quite frankly, just a variety of areas as often happens in pastoral ministry. So we just wanted to take a moment and say thank you to Kevin. I'm going to ask him to come up. I just have a small gift for him from the church, and uh, maybe just express your appreciation to Kevin for his ministry to us.
Appreciate it. Uh, Kevin's been a great asset to our, our ministry team. We'll miss him, but we're excited for them as they uh, move on to this uh, new venture in their lives. And uh, you'll, again, you'll be hearing more about that a little bit later in the service and an opportunity to assist them as they go. One of the great joys of being a church is uh, nurturing our children in the faith. And, and that's all obviously a part of what happens in our homes, but also here in the church as well. And this morning... We have the opportunity to dedicate another one of our infants to God. So I'm going to ask uh, Mike and Jill and the family to come up. Mike and Jill, God has blessed you with this little one. And today you come to dedicate God's gift back to him. You are here today because of your own faith in Jesus Christ. And in this public act of dedication, you're declaring your desire that you be raised in the love and grace of God within the nurturing spirit of this church. In this act, you're welcoming the prayers and support of the church and declaring your desire that your child would learn early the things of God and that her life would be defined in a lifelong commitment to follow God to the very end of her life, that she might receive the promise of eternal life with Christ. But in order that this may be accomplished, it will be your duty as parents to teach your child early the fear of the Lord, to watch over her education, that she may not be led astray by false teachings or doctrines, to direct her mind to the Holy Scriptures as expressing the will and authority of God for all humanity, and to direct her feet to the sanctuary, to restrain her from evil associates and habits, and as much as possible to bring her up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Will you endeavor to do so by the help of the Lord? In Mark's Gospel, chapter 10, we read these words. People were bringing little children to Jesus to have him touch them, but the disciples rebuked them. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant, and he said to them, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. I tell you the truth, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. And he took the children in his arms, put his hands on them, and blessed them. What name have you given your child? Annie Lane. Annie Lane Jordan, on behalf of your parents, family, and this congregation... I dedicate you to God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. As I mentioned, each time we we dedicate our children to God, this is sort of a, a, I see it as a triangle around Anne. And at the base of that triangle is God. And we know his commitment to her and it will never wane. And uh, Mike and Jill have made their commitment as parents and representing their family as one side of the triangle to do everything in their power to nurture her in the faith. But we also have a responsibility as the church. We fill in the other side of the triangle. And uh, we have a a role to play in nurturing her faith in in, uh, planned and unplanned ways as we just simply live out our lives through the grace of Christ and nurture and 
her faith by her watching our faith. And it's a great responsibility, but it's also an amazing privilege. And so I'm going to ask all of you to stand and to affirm your commitment to Anne and to this family. As the Church of Jesus Christ, will you, with the help of God, do everything possible to help Anne grow in the nurture and grace of Jesus Christ? Will you love her? Will you be a godly witness to her? And will you help her to know and accept the grace of God in her life? If so, answer, we will. Let us pray. Father, we come again today in awe of your gift of life. And we look at this little one and we are reminded of our own journey from infancy to childhood to adulthood. And we are grateful. Today we are so thankful for Anne, for her life, for all that she is as your child. We pray, Father, that your blessing would rest upon her, that as we have dedicated her to you, she will spend her life following you, serving you, and knowing your love and grace upon her. Father, we pray that, that her heart will always be turned to you because she knows the depth of your love and that we might be godly witnesses for her. Lord, we pray for Mike and Jill as parents, that they will know your grace that they need to parent her in the way that she needs. Give them patience and grace and kindness and everything that they need to be parents who help nurture her faith and raise her up to be a follower of yours. And Father, we pray for this family, for Grace and Jack and Lucy and Gabe. As older siblings, we pray that their hearts will be so turned to you that the most natural thing in the world is for Anne just to follow in their footsteps. Pour out your blessing upon them as well. Father, thank you for this little one that you've given to the Jordans and to us. And we pray your richest blessings upon her. And we ask this all through Christ Jesus. Amen. Please be seated. I'd like to invite the ushers forward as we give back to God from all that he has given to us. Sovereign God, O matchless King, the saints adore, the angels sing, and fall before the throne of grace. To you belongs the highest praise. These sufferings, this passing time, under your
in which we offer praise to God is offering our prayers to God, to, uh, to declare that God is the one who cares most about our concerns and our needs and is at work in each of those. As we uh, come to this time of prayer together, if you would like to use the altar rail as a place where you come and kneel and offer your prayers, please come and join me. Father, we do indeed offer to you all of our praise, recognizing that you are the almighty God, creator of all that is, and you are at work in this world, in our lives, through the Holy Spirit's power, through the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ. Father, we praise you not only with our songs, And our words of thanksgiving, but also with our words of need. Because we know that you are the God who cares. And you are at work. And so we come to you. And we lay before you all of the burdens of our lives. Father, this morning we pray for all who are grieving. And ask for your comforting presence upon each one. We pray for all who are struggling with issues of health. We pray for Dana Pickup, Wade Marsh, for Sheldon Emerson and Doug Bogdan, for Barb Rangel and Bob Jobert, for Laurel Buecher, Warren Woolsey and Bill Getty, for Phil Muecher and Mike Raybuck, for Jill Tyson and Bruce Brenneman, for Bevrett and Micah Christensen and Linda Roth and Dick Gould, for Crystal Blake and Emily Cricklar, For others who may be on our hearts and our minds, we ask for your healing grace on each of them. Father, we pray not only for uh, the, the physical needs of our lives, but also for the issues of our relationships, our futures, our finances, our homes, all of the ways in which we live our lives, we ask for your grace in each situation. Father, we thank you not only for uh, hearing the prayers about us, but also we pray for others. We pray for the Belmont United Methodist Church today and Pastor Richard Hurd. We ask for your grace upon this congregation, that they would be bonded together in your love and that they would be a witness to you, to their community and beyond. Father, we, we think of the world beyond us. We pray, Father, for Kevin and Cindy and Josiah as they are 
in the process of, of moving toward the Czech Republic. We ask for your grace upon them in this time of transition and finding people who will support them in prayer and finances. And may this experience, even before they get to the Czech Republic, be blessed by you. Father, we pray for those who are grieving the plane crash this week and trying to figure out the details of that and ask for your comforting presence upon all who are grieving. We pray for the flooding in Sri Lanka, for the Rodrigos as they work to try to bring relief and help and for the churches there. May the presence of your people be evident. We pray, Father, for our brothers and sisters around the world who face persecution. Many refugees in this world are Christians fleeing persecution for a variety of reasons. We pray that they will know your grace upon them. Even in the refugee camps, the persecution continues. Give them strength and courage and help through the power of your Holy Spirit. Father, as we have just come through a weekend of graduations to college and colleges around us, we pray for each graduate that they would know your grace and mercy upon them and your power at work in them. And Father, as the, as the Genesee Rapids baseball team begins this week, as the guys come to town, we pray that this will be a wonderful summer, not just of playing ball, but of connecting with people in the community, more than anything, connecting with you. We pray that through the devotional times, through the times together, through being in host families, to being here in church, or all the things that they do, may they have a sense of the depths of your love for them. And may this be a summer of transformation in each of their lives. Father, thank you for hearing our prayers today. You are generous beyond all measure. We ask, Father, that you will continue to help us as we worship you with all of our hearts, with all of our souls, with all of our minds, with all of our strength. And we pray all of this in the strong and powerful name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the one who teaches us the model for prayer, which we now pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Good morning. Our scripture reading this morning is from the book of Romans, chapter 12, verses 4 through 18. Hear the word of the Lord. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We all have different gifts 
according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is in giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. This is the word of the Lord. At this time, I'd like to invite children to be dismissed to Children's Church and Junior Church. Please stand as we sing.
We never would have thought when we graduated from Houghton back in 81 and 82 that someday we'd be back here doing this. However, we sure are thankful. We've had a great nine years, almost nine years here, and we have so many of you have ministered to us in so many ways through some very rough patches and through some incredible times of joy. And so we're really thankful for this chance to share with you. Our our call to mission started... A long time ago, actually with Cindy, it started when she was about nine years old. Um, I was a little slow in the process of uh, sorting things out in life and maturing, and I'm still working on that part. Um, but, but I'm getting there. <laughs> but um, for us, in 1990, there was a critical turning point. We had been called to missions, and we were heading over to Germany to serve uh, with global partners at the time. And our little seven-month-old boy, Craig, died suddenly. And on Thanksgiving morning, the day after we buried him, I was sitting at the the Adirondack table, we called it, in Dad's home, Mom and Dad's home up in the Adirondacks. And we had a lot of questions. We were wrestling with things, our call, do we go overseas, what what are we going to do? And probably one of the biggest things that we were fighting with and struggling with is how God knew our pain. Did Did he really know our pain? And we were wrestling with that. And as we sorted through things, obviously the, the most common thought is, well, God knows your pain because Christ died on a cross, and, and he, God witnessed and, and saw the death of his son in, in a brutal fashion. And yet, Cindy, uh, as we were holding our, our little boy after he had died in, in the hospital, she looked at me when I was kind of trying to console her and, and myself at the same time, and, and I kind of made reference to that. She said, you know, I don't know. You know, God and Jesus were reunited in heaven pretty quick. And when are we going to see Greg again? And my little bubble was popped. I knew God knew my pain. But, boy, I really wanted to know. I wanted to know personally how he knew my pain. And so there I was uh, the day um, after we had buried Craig, um, Thanksgiving morning, by myself, sitting at the table, pondering this. And it was God just spoke clearly to me in those moments that morning. He said, Kevin, let me just help you here. Um, you love Craig, you love Kyle and Caleb, our two older boys. You love your wife. And, and he went on, he said, and, and that's good, but you love as only a human can love and filled with the love of Christ within you. He said, but I love them perfectly. I, I love them absolutely perfectly. And I thought about that just for a split second, but God went on and spoke to my heart. And he said, not only do I love those who uh, love me, Kevin, I love those who don't love me. I love every person in the town of Long Lake. I thought, wow, I pastored there. That's tough. <laughs> you love every one of these people. And he went on and he said, I love all the people in New York State. I love all who have been created. And every day, thousands die who have rejected my love, who haven't heard about my love. And all of a sudden, God just pierced my heart. 
And he revealed to me clearly that he knew my pain far greater than I could ever imagine. And not only did he answer that little question that we were wrestling with as a, as a husband and a wife, but he confirmed or reaffirmed our call to missions. That there are people all around the world, here in Allegheny County, here in Houghton, but all over the world, that don't know the love of Jesus Christ. And God had confirmed in those moments that morning that he was asking us to go and to reach out to a lost and hurting world. We've been back in the States for about 13 years, and about five years ago, we started feeling a tug again, that it was time to look at going back. And um, we talked with global partners. We were obviously interested in going back to Europe. We worked hard to learn German and Czech, believe me. So we were hoping that's where God was going to take us back to. But it, the door to the Czech Republic and to Germany was not open at the time for global partners. And so um, we were looking at Asia and talking with missionaries there. And then our son Caleb was killed in the car accident June five years ago. And obviously that kind of tabled things. Um, a few months later, we were like, no, we really think God wants us to do this. And Kevin's mom passed away. And then Kevin had kidney stones and severe infection, several days in the hospital. And then my cousin was killed, and our grandnephew died. And it, it's been a rough few years, but this church has been such a help, especially my Sunday school class. <laughs> but about a year ago, Kevin had been up visiting his dad in the hospital after open-heart surgery. And on the way home, really felt like God saying again, no, let's do this. Let's push through. And so Kevin came on and goes, no, nope, we're going to do that application. We're going to get it done. We figured it'd be a quick turnaround. You know, we've done this before. And uh, <clears throat> it was not a quick turnaround. Apparently, they um, really wanted to make sure we were pretty much okay. So it was a, has been a long process. But now we're very thankful that we have been appointed. And the door to the Czech Republic has opened. And that is where we're headed. We've, uh, we serve a 13, for 13 years with Global Partners, and we're going back with Global Partners again. Uh, why? Because we really believe in what their principle, their main uh, philosophy of mission is, and that is to establish a, um, a church that is uh, indigenous to the culture that you're a part of. And we, we really respect that, and it's a difficult task, but it's one that we really stand with and enjoy the, the, the privilege of participating with that. In 1889, over 100 years ago, the Western Church sent its first missionaries out. They sent them to Sierra Leone. And they packed all their belongings and their families piled into a freighter or uh, some ship of some sort and spent weeks getting across the ocean to Sierra Leone. And in those first years, many of those family members died right there serving in Sierra Leone. And many could think, wow, was it really worth that kind of investment? Today, there are over 12 countries in the, the, the continent of Africa with Wesleyan churches and over 1,200 Wesleyan churches. Matter of fact, this, this little picture I got here is a, president, a picture of President Obama standing with the president of Sierra Leone. Uh, his name is Ernst Bai Koroma. And he is a Wesleyan. He is an evangelical Wesleyan. He is a devout Christian who found Jesus Christ through the ministry of the Wesleyan church there in Sierra Leone. And yes, it was worth all that effort and energy and love and, and toil and, and heartache to be a part of that. And the Wesleyan Church continues to grow worldwide. There are 7 billion people in the world today. 
of which about 5 billion don't know who Jesus Christ is. They say about half a billion really know Jesus Christ as personal Savior, that he is the Son of God, that the Bible is the inherent Word of God. Another billion and a half know of Christ and know of God and claim to be Christians, but either way, 5 billion don't. And the Wesleyan Church is now in over 50 countries of the world, global partners spreading its wings and going and moving to the deepest parts of the the world. And we really believe God is asking us, and we look forward to the privilege of going and taking the message back into the Czech Republic. Well, why? You've been there before. The church is thriving over there? Mm, Not exactly. Uh, We'll be going to a different section. But just let me give you a little history of our interaction with the Czech Republic. In 1987, 1987, Czechoslovakia uh, was over there, and, and God had privileged me a chance to go over and play some a couple of high-level matches in the country of Czechoslovakia with a Christian soccer club. And I was grabbed and singled out from our team, not because I was bad, not because I was good either, I'm sure, but I was just selected and, and asked by the missionary working in Czechoslovakia at the time. It's a communist country, very dark in the spiritual situations. And he said, why don't you come with me? There's a, a small group meeting I want you to witness and be a part of. So he picked me up. He took me uh, to uh, one of the suburbs of Prague, and we walked from the little car we were, had uh, been transported in and walked up to a doorbell, and I pushed, he pushed the doorbell, and a buzzer rang, the door opened. We went up three or four flights of stairs. We, was, uh, we went up into a room up there, and he just said, go ahead and sit right here on the edge of this room. And there was six, seven, eight people in there. I, I don't know. The TV was blaring, and they were sitting in there talking, and every now and then somebody would get up and leave, and every now and then somebody else would come into the room. And this went on for 45 minutes maybe. I don't know, I kind of lost track of time because I couldn't figure out anything anyway. It was in a wrong language. They didn't know what they were talking about. How could they? I didn't know what they were talking about. I couldn't understand anything, but the TV was annoying. So when the, the whole thing ended and we left, but we left at a different point too. We didn't leave with everybody else. We went down the stairs, and we went a different route back to the car. And when we got to the car, he said, so what would you observe, Kevin? And I said, well... The TV was loud. And he said, that was just to make, drown out the sound so that in case there were bugs, as in not little insects, but bugs as in the police trying to figure out what's happening in the different places around that country, that they wouldn't be able to, their voices wouldn't be picked up. And people couldn't listen through the walls and sort things out. And as soon as he said that, then my mind started to think differently. And I said, and so people came and go at random times so that it wouldn't be evident that there was a meeting going on. He smiled and nodded his head. And then I said, and we walked back a different route to the car, not because you were lost, (laughs) but because we couldn't be followed and figured out either. And he said, right. And so that was in 1987. God allowed me an experience to see how it was to live in in a country and so close to the gospel. Fast forward, 1997. Cindy and I had just moved to the Czech Republic. And we were sitting in a, a summer camp, English camp, and a group from the U.S. came over from Michigan, and they ran this camp. And it was using the Bible to teach English. There were about 75 to 80 young people between, say, 15 and 25, 28 years old. None of them believed in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. They didn't know much about him. But boy, were they interested. They were firing questions. And it was, at, it was really exciting. As soon as I were witnessing this, we thought, all these guys are leaving. These people are leaving, going back to the States. Why don't we invite them to our house for a Bible study? And, and as in, we'll just talk about the Bible and answer questions. That kind of study. And so we made an announcement uh, right before the camp ended and said, if you want to talk more about the things you're hearing here, come to our house. We'll open up the doors and uh, come on over and visit us on Wednesday next week. And three people showed up. 
And then the next week after that, about six or seven. And then it went to 11, to 16, into 20. And by December, in a six-month period, we had five small groups meeting, no believers, in, with about 10 or more in each of these groups. It was fascinating that the hunger and thirsting after God, yet not quite grabbing a hold of him. And, and we witnessed this time and time again. And then today, that is in 2016, Josiah and I had the privilege of going over in March just recently. And we were a part of the, the group in Poetry Body that God is calling us to work with. 16-year-olds to 25-year-olds, same age bracket, believers in Jesus Christ. They're wrestling with establishing a church. It's like a glorified youth group is what it is right now. But there's no children. There's no married couples. There's no people as old as us. Um, there's, it's just a, it's a youth group. And God is calling us to go over, to continue to disciple them in their faith and help, but to mentor and help them to broaden their minds and open up to the possibilities of establishing a, a church that could uh, sustain itself from week to week to week to month to month to month. And we really look forward to that opportunity. The scripture that was read from Romans 12, 6 to 8, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it's serving, then serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's encouraging, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. We are feeling that maybe our gift is to be the older Christians. This church is blessed with a lot of older saints that have grown up in the Lord, that have such a rich heritage. When you talk to an older person in this church, they can tell of the decades of God's faithfulness. It's a help to the younger, the new believers. That church doesn't have any older Christians. So we get to be older Christians. We get to mentor and share that God is faithful. Years ago, when we were working with a Czech youth camp, the Czech teenagers loved the American teenagers and talking about slang. When the basketball teams would come over from Houghton College, they loved getting to know the people that were their own age. But we have always noticed that when they have the deep questions, is there really a God? Did we really, were we really created by him? If there is a God, why do bad things happen? If there is a God... What do you do when bad things happen? They would always go to the older people. You know, they loved the teenagers, but they also knew that the teenagers probably hadn't lived through a whole lot of stuff yet. And so this is a chance for us to go and be mentors to brand new baby Christians to help them reach out to their own parents. Many of them have no idea how to share God's love with somebody that's not an excited teenager that wants to do fun, crazy games. And it also is a chance for us to be mentors and to share with the pastor and his wife, who are a Czech young couple. We're thankful for this chance to use what we perceive as our gifts, and we're hoping that by the time we get there, we might even have gray hair and be saintly. <laughs> I'm blonde. So, um, watching people grow in the Lord. In 1998, we had been there just over a year, still no... Christians in the Czech Republic through the ministries of our efforts, but seeing a lot of questions answered. And we had the unique opportunity of hosting a women's basketball team from Houghton College. And that's how Skip Lord and I connected that, uh, that spring in 1998. We had just dropped his team off up in Olomouc about two hours away because in Brno, where we lived, we had no connections to do any kind of ministry. There wasn't an established church, but I found and I discovered one up in Olomouc that was thriving. So they agreed to allow us to bring this team up there and do some 
ministry, sports ministry up there in their uh, parking lots and in their playgrounds and in their schools, etc. We had a blast. And to get them back to Brno, we put them on a train, these 13 women, by themselves. And we drove the vehicle with all the gear just to make it all work out more conveniently. And, and so we headed back to Brno wondering if we'd see them again. <laughs> and they were nervous. We were nervous. We tried not to look nervous. We got to Brno. We're waiting at the platform. And sure enough, the train's coming in. And these 13 ladies not only got off, they got off. They were laughing. They were having a good time. I thought, what in the world? <laughs> How's this happening? You know, they're supposed to be, like, stressed. And there's only 10 of them. And three of them got lost or something. In the middle of them... In the middle of him is this huge 250-pound, six-foot-three Czech guy. And I thought, what's he doing there? And he's laughing. So Skip and I walk up, and we introduce ourselves, and the ladies introduce us to Milan Remish. Milan had heard them, and their fear as they got on the train, he's fluent in English. So he starts to talk to them. One thing led to another. He goes, I'll help you get off in Brno. What are you ladies doing here? What are 13 Americans doing over here? And they said, well, we're a women's basketball team. We're Christians. Christians. He had learned a little bit about Christianity in his childhood days through his grandma. We started asking questions. And in that little two-hour trip, Milan Remish found Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And I'm just sitting there mesmerized. How did this happen? You know? And uh, it didn't stop there with Milan. Milan went on. We didn't have anything to offer him other than love and discipleship and love and discipleship. But he wanted to be a pastor. So he jumped into the Brethren Church. They had a, a, an effective ministry going on there. And he is an ordained minister in the Brethren Church today. He continues to translate for the Western Church as needed. But what a, what a beautiful thing that's happened. And we just look so forward to those kinds of opportunities in the mentoring and seeing these young believers mature in Christ. We're going as part of a team, obviously. Um, we'll be working with people over there as well. But I just want to share a kind of a thank you why we're excited to be back having our picture on people's refrigerators. Um, we have prayer cards in the back. And uh, many of you know that our little girl, Brianna, was born um, in Germany, April 1994. Um, as soon as she was born, the room filled with doctors. We had no idea that anything was wrong, but quickly found out. And they, she was transported very quickly by ambulance to a, a bigger children's hospital. We did the only thing we knew to do. <laughs> so we clung to each other and cried and prayed. Our son, Craig, had died a couple years before that, so it was very hard for us to believe that that wasn't what was ahead for Brianna. We cried and prayed and called home and asked people to pray, and they called friends and asked them to pray. There wasn't Facebook then or Caring Bridge or any of the neat resources today. It was by word of mouth, and there were many people in this church that prayed, and I don't know how many of you guys prayed for Brianna. All those years ago, um, we were praying for complete healing. We were thinking, what a cool testimony this will be if, you know, the surgeons go in to fix some of the very serious problems that she had, and they find that she's all better. That's what we were praying for, but then we got to the point, because of so many infections and blood transfusions and times when we almost lost her, we were just praying that she would survive. And we just kept saying, God, please, please don't take her too. And as we prayed, and we'd hear from people at home praying, God provided us with the best plastic surgeon in all of Europe. And we found out later people fly into that country from other places to have this doctor. Well, he chose Brianna. He happened to be there the day that we were in a new hospital, and he said, I'll take her. And under socialized medicine there, that was a huge blessing. We didn't really have a say, but God did. And that was an answer to prayer. 
Brianna had 19 surgeries there. Um, some of them were pretty routine. Many of them were not at all. Um, but God answered prayer in so many ways besides the doctor. Um, our home, the church that I'd grown up in, they helped get my mom over to spend a few weeks so that Brianna could get out of the hospital and there'd be a nurse in the house. Um, there were many times when things were provided for us that we would only see later how God had protected um, Larry and Vesta Mullen came over and stayed with our kids one time, taught our son to read while we were in the hospital. Um, if you ever need someone to teach a kid to read, go with your other kids to the hospital. It's very effective. <laughs> if Vesta is at home. <laughs> but there were so many ways that God answered prayer. And so now as we're looking forward to going back again and knowing, wow, our kids are going to be prayed for, we will be prayed for, the Czech believers will be prayed for. Those that don't know Christ yet will be prayed for. We'll be putting things on a Facebook page. You know, it'll be kind of a private page with pictures and first names of some people that we're reaching out to, sending out prayer letters, that kind of thing. We want it to be a partnership. And we had the privilege of um, not only seeing Brianna survive, but she just got her bachelor's of nursing. And um, she is thriving as a beautiful young woman, uh, following God faithfully. And those, that, that is the miracle of it all. If we had had our wish, who knows what would have happened. But today, Brianna um, is moving on into a nursing career. And, and what a beautiful thing God has done in her life, in our lives. And um, prayer is, is just a, a cornerstone to the ability of missionaries to go and be a part of uh, uh, ministry around the world. We have a lot of needs that are personal needs beyond just trying to figure out how to speak another language and learn another culture. And so as we close and wrap up, we just want to, to open up with these thoughts. Um, the, the message is pray, give, and go. And so with those comments and those thoughts, we just want to say we want to pray for you as you pray for us. So when you grab our prayer cards and things of that nature, know that if you would connect with us and just drop us an email, let us know what your needs are, this church's needs. We want to pray for you as you pray for us. Um, we're going. And it's easy for us to kind of think like, as when I say us, us, I think, well, the ostriches are going. We're going to get behind them. You need to be open to going here. You are called to be here. Just as that scripture was read this morning, we all have different callings. Ours is to go elsewhere. But God has called you to be here. And you need to find that role and niche and go and be uh, reaching out to the people here in Allegheny County and Houghton, your neighbor, maybe it's mowing a lawn. Uh, we just saw on Facebook about the wheelchair ramp that was just built. Unbelievable opportunities that God will give you here, and he's giving us opportunities across the week. We're not professional any more than you are. We are all missionaries for Christ. We're just fulfilling the call that God has placed in our hearts. And we all need to give. And, and I, I remember finding this in my pocket this morning. It's a little faith promise thing that I... It was there from last week. <laughs> and then I, I found one in my, my shirt, too. Anyway. Um, so, anyway. Hi, Paul. How you doing? So, we're, we're going we're gonna to give. We're going to give. You're going to give. And there's a budget and there's faith promise. And, and Pastor Wes is going to share about the, this, the process of that faith promise. But just know that we're in this together. Uh, the Thedes, uh, Rodrigo, um, uh, Seldens, uh, Austins, Georges. There's this team of six that you're calling the dream team. I always want to be in the dream team. It's not the one I was thinking of, but um, just thank you for allowing us to be able to, to be your servants, your hands and feet in the Czech Republic.
Thank you, Kevin and Cindy. We really appreciate you sharing today, and we do want to get behind you and uh, be a part of your team, uh, both as a church and perhaps even as individuals want to do that. This morning, we are collecting our Faith Problems cards, and if you don't have one yet, just raise your hand. We've got ushers who have them available there. We're happy to get those to you if you want one. We're not. Please don't feel obligated to do this. This is something that... Uh, if you sense God leading you to, we want to encourage you about it. But we got, if you need cards, you have those. There's also things in the bulletin. As Kevin mentioned, we are uh, this, this, our faith promise is above and beyond what we do in our budget. Uh, in our budget, we uh, we have about uh, eighty-five, ninety thousand dollars designated for a variety of missionaries, and even more than that for other kinds of ministries, both locally as well as globally. But this is something that challenges our faith. This is something that is above and beyond what you might put in the offering every Sunday. But this is an opportunity to trust God for something bigger, something more. And so, uh, if you've had a chance to think through this, we've had the cards out a couple of weeks, and you are ready to turn yours in, then we're going to give you an opportunity to do that. If We're going to actually give you a minute or two now if you want to uh, think about, pray about that, and uh, if you want to... Uh, go ahead and, and fill out the card now. We encourage you to do that. But we'll collect them over the next few weeks. And uh, you have what we're looking for is uh, just over the next 12 months to just see how God might use us to stretch our faith and to support people who are serving him around the world. Father, we pray now that you will bless our thoughts as we think about, pray about what you want us to give. And we ask this through Christ. So we're going to give you just a moment to, uh, to prepare, and then we're going to have the ushers come and collect whatever cards are available. We'll just pass the plates one more time. And uh, so just take a moment, think about it, pray about it. If you're ready, then we'll collect those in just a minute. Before we collect those, I'm going to ask uh, Matt Webb, who's the chair of our missions committee, to come and to offer a prayer. And then the ushers will come. We'll sing our, our uh, closing song and uh, then receive the benediction. Please pray with me. <clears throat> Lord, I thank you so much for the work that you've done um, in the Austin's life and their testimony and, and uh, how you've brought them to this place uh, in their journey and sending them back to Europe. Uh, to be salt and light for you in that community. Uh, I thank you for um, the opportunity to be part of uh, that team, part of the dream team. Uh, and as you speak to each of us, as we feel the call, the, the tug, the, the draw to be part of that um, in, the, in the form of a faith promise, uh, I just pray that uh, we would be open to that call and be willing to take that step. Uh, and see how you can work in our lives in a financial way, um, but more importantly, uh, as folks come to know you through the work of these uh, families um, from, our, from our body that are all over the world doing your work. Uh, Lord, thank you for the opportunity to be part of it, and I just pray that you bless this process 
that our church, that this body is uh, committing to. Um, we love you, Lord. Uh, we know you loved us first, and it's such an awesome thing to be your children. Amen. light shine before all men, that they may see our good works and glorify our Heavenly Father who is in heaven. Amen. Amen.